0: The Will Kane Show podcast is presented by Eno, the Capital One Assistant. What's in your wallet? We got Tim
1: Hasselbeck for another segment
0: here. I think we want to get back to
1: that bullying thing, not my story about having my feet stained. Hey,
0: robust. You gotta give those guys credit for creativity. Yeah, anymore. I'm not even mad about it now. Really? I crossed them
1: off the list. They're not on anymore. Will Kane.
0: You run into those guys since? No. That'd be good. Hey, guys. <laughs> been working yeah. out.
1: Yeah. Like, do you have any kids? No. I've only been working out. I've only been working out this whole time. Do you have any, anyone in your life like you? Nope. No wife, no kids, but I, I have big arms. I'm working out. Payback time. Priscilla Show brought to you by Goodyear. Tires is hardworking. as college football's most blimp-worthy athletes. Goodyear, official sponsor of the college football playoff. Part of that playoff is Oklahoma. Baker Mayfield, their QB, a miraculous story. Wins the Heisman. He's a walk-on. He shows up. This is after watching Trevor Knight dice up Alabama. Will can't get off of that. That bully thing. <laughs> that's all right.
0: I love the image of you not having kids. No significant other. Nope. Just been working out. He's thinking been, about you. Thinking about you, Todd. <laughs> My stained feet. <laughs> this is on. Um
1: Pollock thinks he should be the number one pick in the draft. Here's the college game day analyst. Baker okay. Mayfield plays frenetic and he makes plays with his feet but he's always looking downfield his feet are always live he throws a deep ball that's great his isn't all about impromptu he can play on schedule the comparison for baker mayfield that you're going to start hearing by all these scouts when we get closer first of all he should be the first quarterback taken in the draft next year i'd take him over donald i would take him over Rosen. all those guys first of all and he can make all the throws. He can make the throws down the field. And he can scram- scramble around and buy time. You'll hear more of, of Russell Wilson in the future. Preseason, everybody wanted to talk about Colt McCoy, Johnny Manziel. If you're yep. watching tape, this dude can do it all. And he's got something about him,
2: man, that just makes you want to fight for him.
1: Okay. Um, there are comps to who? We go Manziel mm-hmm. or you go Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Now, playing the position tim so let's say, so, so
3: so his what what is what does everyone think his height and weight and Baker? speed will be people
1: think baker's going to come in under six feet okay. mansell was five eleven three quarters yep. russell yeah. wilson was in the five elevens
3: listen Breeze is. I, I was at the combine with breeze and he let out a huge you know like exhale when they started you know drew breeze six zero zero he was like whoo Okay, there we go. You know, yeah, five least, something just feels yeah, so dirty. Yeah, it wasn't going to be good.
0: Size comps, they say, are fair between Baker Mayfield and Russell Wilson. In
3: terms of height.
0: Yes, and weight, right. I believe. You asked a third component, though. You asked speed. Not comparable. All right, so here you go. Russ was a
1: 4.55 Cap was a 4.53. Mariota is a 4.52. Manziel was a 4.56. And I got to tell you, there's times when I watch Baker running around, I go, man, he can move. People are saying he's going to be the high four eights, low four nines, and you go. So is it one of those dudes that just shows up? Is it that not that he's Jerry Rice here? But you know, Jerry Rice didn't well, run look, fast, and, and, and no one ever caught him. Is Baker just a fast player and not going to be fast in the forty? I don't know. And
3: that'll hurt. That'll certainly That's hurt. Slow. And or, then I think when they look at you know the, you know the three cone drill, and when they look at the five ten five shuttle, and they look at that stuff, you know how he matches up with those guys in that element will matter. Look, forty times certainly isn't the most important thing for a quarterback. But if you need to be sold on his mobility because of his size, then it then it does end up being a big deal. Here's another one for you: hand size. Hand size is going to be a huge deal. The truth is, with Russell Wilson, he's got paws as if he's he's over he's ten foot. inches. That's massive hands. Okay, and so um, that's a big deal, and and people pay a lot of attention to that because. They do feel like there's a correlation in terms of um, you know, being able to throw the ball in bad weather, being able to throw um, you know, a wet football in the wind, that type of stuff, but also in terms of ball security and fumbles, you know. So I um, remember when
0: Jared Goff came out, that was the rap. That was one of the problems they said, right? Hands weren't that big.
1: See, here's the thing though, so we've gone over all the measurable stuff. Okay, four four nines would be slow. Like some really athletic offensive linemen are running four nines. Not, right. not you know, most of them are in the fives, deep in the fives. The Manziel thing scares the hell out of me, not because of the off-the-field stuff. Like, my bet would be that Baker Mayfield, despite the problems that he's had, is not somebody that's going to miss a team flight for an away game because he was up partying the entire right. night before, okay? That, that is a lack of dedication where you go, man, you, you get after it, but you like you can't even show up to a game? What the hell's wrong with you, all right? When I would talk to a I couldn't figure out. I go, what, what's the deal? What's the deal with Manziel? Like, tell me. Tell me. And they go, man... Nothing better than coming out of that tunnel knowing that guy's on your side. And you're like, yeah, yeah. I go, what, okay, but what about in the NFL? They're like, we can't wait to see what happens. But, man, you know, it's tough to bet against him. And I go back and think of all the things the A&M guy said to me about Manziel as an NFL quarterback, and I realized they didn't want to trash their guy. They just were saying the nice things. They were saying mm-hmm. the, would hate to bet against him, yeah. love coming out of there. There was never specific. It was never not a worker, kind of lazy, you know, really gets after it, doesn't care as much. And, yeah, he makes some plays running around on Saturday, but his hands are too small, doesn't make enough reads. We're running some weird stuff like he's a great athlete, but no, no. They wouldn't say, like, so I understand their position, guys, of them not wanting to dog their own kid, but they didn't tell me anything that was real. And with the Baker thing, I can't figure out, because I see a guy that makes great decisions, and, yeah, he's abrasive, but I think his teammates like him. I think he cares more than Manzel, but I can't get past the fact that he's a really small dude and most of these guys, it just doesn't work out. And because it worked out for Russ, he's not even close to the same athlete that Russ is.
3: Well, and I think that's the key. Is he close to the same athlete as Russell Wilson? When you watch Russell Wilson play, I mean, just take a look. You know, you have, I mean, Clayus Campbell at times this past weekend looked like he was in slow motion because of Russell Wilson. And we've seen Russell Wilson take elite pass rushers. So the guy, I mean, just in your mind, think of the, the guys that look like Julius Peppers, look like Jason Pierre-Paul, guys that can just go, you know, can r- rush the passer. But no, it, like just guys that are ridiculous athletes and then escape from them. That That's the difference, you know, in terms of elusiveness on a great athlete and then somebody that was a great college player.
0: Well, beyond athleticism, because... The reason that his 40-time is going to matter, the reason that his speed matters, the reason that his athleticism matters, this is the rebuttal to Pollock that I've heard, is that he doesn't do what those other three guys, Darnold, Allen, and Rosen, are guaranteed to do, which is, and you can shed light on this, Tim, play on time. Mm -hmm. 90% of the time, he's not playing on time, he's playing on his athleticism. Explain what that means. Well, I would just say this,
3: and for full disclosure on it, I have not studied um, Baker Mayfield yet, okay? But I'll tell you, I remember watching um, Johnny Manziel, and I remember saying, listen, he made some great plays, but it's only because he passed up the throw that he should have made at the top of his drop. And so, like, that's incredible, but it was third and six, and he should have had a first down. and should have been back in the huddle. And there were a lot of bad plays that came off of him passing up good plays. Or is I remember,
1: he throwing pop-ups to Mike Evans, who's just there beasting was, everybody, Listen, too? there was
3: some of that as well. And so I can remember, say, the thing that he will have to learn how to do is that basically one of the best lessons that you can teach a quarterback is that you don't go broke taking a profit, okay? It's, it's the thing that everyone wants to complain about Alex Smith about. But the truth is you can play in the NFL a long time if you will not pass up open guys. And so if Mayfield is just playing backyard football too much, then then people are gonna see that. Scouts will love the playmaking ability, but guys that have to coach him will be like, Man, I gotta coach him out of this. That's hard to do.
0: You do you don't get. I am I'm, I'm writing that one down. You never heard that
3: before? Love it. You never Can't go broke, go broke <laughs> taking a practice. I heard the story of Charlie first.
0: Weiss stopping practice with New England Patriots to remount Tom Brady because he took a twenty yard pass instead of the initial read that was a ten yard out for the first down. He said, That's not what we do here. Brady's like, but he's open. He's yeah. like, well, then here you take the play call yep. sheet, you take the whistle, Listen. you're in charge, and that's the last Brady ever did of that. That was early in his career. Always took the profit after that.
3: Listen, there's a reason where why certain concepts you read bottom up, others you read top down, some you read outside in or inside out. You know, there's others. You know that a pure progression, and there's a reason that you start from the shallow cross to the basic cross down to the burst. Like there's a reason that you do it. Because it times up and you can efficiently do it. Like there's a, and everybody knows where they're supposed to be and when the ball is supposed to be coming. And then you know that after you set that up, there's something that comes off of it. And I just think that if you don't do that and you just are kind of relying on your athletic ability, ultimately, unless you're Cam Newton, it catches up to you. It just, it just does.
1: So you would not take him ahead of those other guys.
3: Well, I want to watch him. Yeah. I really do. And but as of right now is it- I do I will say this like in terms of what other people say, like when you watch Josh Rosen, when the ball comes out of Josh Rosen's hand, yeah. you're like, yep, "Yep, got it. Like pretty clear, man." Now look, when you watched uh Blaine Gabbert, the ball come out of his hand, it was pretty impressive well, too. Gabbert's good now. And no, no, but when the ball would come out of Gabbert's hand, it was impressive. When He's the not. I just like, yeah, you did yeah, that and stared straight at me. No, and, but that's part of it. Like, sometimes... You, you're
1: right about Rosen, though. Like, you watch that showdown with Darnold, and I still kind of like all these guys a little bit, is that you see it come out of Rosen's hands or the way he'll read a blitz on third down or something. You go, that's a little Sunday. That yeah. looks Sunday-ish to me. Not yeah, that. and
3: there's... And look, Like when you watch Carson Palmer play in college, you were like, yeah, okay, got it. Like, mm-hmm. Like, I, you can see it. And I just... I, I think that... You know, there's obviously People a lot say that me- about Matt. There's a lot of um, mental stuff. My brother, yeah, yeah. pick 187. Got him. <laughs> it's amazing he lasted. Thank you, Tim. See you, fellas.
1: Baker Mayfield in the zone Saturday, winning the 2017 Heisman Trophy. In the zone, brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Up next, bullying from every possible angle. That's what we saw in the last 48 hours we're going to do that topic because I could have done it the whole show today, but it's Monday after football, so we'll get that going again too later this hour. It's the Rosilla Show with Will Cain today, ESPN Radio.
2: In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done, starting his business out of a one-room office. Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. And now another edition of Obvious News from GEICO. Obvious News! Experts now say that wearing more clothes in the winter will, in fact, help you be warmer. We asked cold victim Trent Patterson about this, and here's what he said. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I I was a little cold, put on a sweater, then wasn't cold. I was like, what?
1: Also in Obvious News, GEICO makes it easy to save money and easy to reach them, with licensed
2: agents available around the clock. So switching is a really smart decision. That's Obvious News from GEICO. Obvious News!
1: I want to talk about something that happened with Will Kane here. Uh, It didn't happen with Will, but we did it in the first hour, and that's the bullying video that went viral. Young boy named Keaton, middle school age, uh, you know, talking about bullying, bawling his eyes out in the car. His mom's filming him on the phone. And the first time you watch a video, if you have any heart at all, you, you gotta you gotta feel a little hurt about the whole deal. But then I explained the timeline of events that's transpired since then, which means this thing has been deconstructed from any possible angle where today theories that are the mom is actually a racist and that all the money being raised is for the wrong person and that she's exploited her son. And then everybody in the famous side of this thing gets involved. We did that whole timeline and and we didn't feel like we even came close to tackling the whole topic. I just feel like, Will, that
0: topic is, is so today and this
1: is all in like 48 hours.
0: And the reason I feel like you brought this up is because it's also included our industry as well. Keaton, after having his bullying video posted has been invited to every aspect of the sports world and beyond. He's been invited to College Game Day. He's been invited to Sports Center. He's invited to the premiere of the next Captain America movie. He's been invited to... By Captain America. By Captain America. Snoop Whatever. Dog
1: reached out. Bieber got involved. Katy Perry. Right. So then it starts becoming what?
0: Well, he's got the ultimate backstage pass right now. But you, correctly, I think, diagnosis is it's just like there's, there's no winners in this entire thing. There's one loser, and that's Keaton. I mean, I'm not calling him a loser. I'm saying the situation doesn't seem to benefit him in the end. That everyone, I don't know, look. Well, it sounds like he's going to get to do some cool stuff. He'll get to do some cool stuff. And also, I would imagine school today was worse, not better.
1: You think it was worse because the mom posted the video and he became like an over-the-weekend sensation? Do you think
0: that those boys took it easy on him today because of all this?
1: See, that's kind of the root of this whole thing. I was like you had celebrities going, I want to talk to the principal. I want to talk to him now. What's his phone number? And then of course people posted the wrong one and they found the right one. And you go
0: Do you think that principal came into work and he's like, here's his stack of pink uh, missed <laughs> messages? Okay. And you got one here from Patricia Arquette. Yeah. All Captain right. America said call Price him. Here's Evans. a cell.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't think this is very popular because I, I feel like I'm such a realist about so many different things. I mean, kids can be brutal to each other, man. I don't I don't
0: know how you solve that. I mean they're they're kids. I don't think this is how you solve it. I mean, so when you analyze this from three different areas, like, first of all, I don't know why the mom goes about and I don't know what she accomplishes by putting this out on social media. I am a little bit like, I mean, I don't know if cringe is the right word, but the the, the endless and ceaseless retweet of come on, I can help you, come here, I'm here for you, and then finally the deep dive into the mom's background because if you somehow end up in the public sphere, we've got to do everything we can to pour through your Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages to find out if there's anything unworthy in your life.
1: Yeah, right. Of and that's,
0: that's what started happening
1: her last night and throughout the day. Let's separate. Can I just ask you yeah. then? Because I'd like to still think, see a kid crying, you get the deal. School's rough for, rough for him. He sounds a little different. You know what I mean? He even says, oh, just because I look a little different, like I don't need to be criticized, and hopefully he gets better one day. It's heartbreaking. Could it? Is it okay to believe that, like, people inherit, like, the beginning you see that and you go, I want to do something nice for that kid? Then what, what happens with you, Will, where that line feels like it's then crossed, where the famous person feels like if they don't reach out
0: that they're, they're being left out of this? I guess it just feels like your good deed is done a little publicly. And there's plenty of opportunities in all of our lives to make positive impacts on people's lives, small circles, small communities. There are Keatons, as you just pointed out, everywhere, Right? There are thousands this week. Absolutely. And each one of us have our own individual lives where we interact with human beings who have their own issues. And those are plenty of opportunities to help out in the world. This one just happens to be very public. And why is that the one we... And I'm not saying all these people that are offering to help Keaton... I'm not saying Chris Evans isn't helping people in his world. I'm sure that he's doing that as well. But when it's done so publicly, you're like, yeah.
1: I'll admit, I do that a lot, too, where I'll go, okay, so this video, all right, but then she posts it, you're like, okay, maybe if some other kids see this, and they go, you know, I'm kind of a bully, and maybe they see it, and they see this kid is crying, and he's away from school, even if they don't know that kid, maybe that means that those kids that are in middle school, maybe there's a one kid who's like, I've been a bully, and I see this, and I'm sad, so maybe that's a possibility. I do think it's great that, you know, the UFC reaches out, and all these people reach out, but I do think that there's a very thoughts and prayers to this stuff when there's a natural disaster, and it's like... I have a blue check mark and I'm a public figure, so I better make sure that there was a tornado in this town and that I send out thoughts and prayers too. So it doesn't seem like I'm left out. And yes, I'm cynical and I'm sorry that I feel that way, but I know it's true. I don't know who's in the sincere category and the not sincere category. So it's cool for the kid that felt sad or has felt sad that he's going to get to do these things. So that's okay. But then when it turns into like, I would never hit on a GoFundMe. Like, yep, here you go. Here's 500 bucks. Cheer up. Have a better Christmas. Like, I wouldn't do that for this. And then it turns into this whole deal where she's being ripped apart, and then it turns into how could you support her when she doesn't support Black Lives Matter? And then it became this political gender thing where it's like, boys are the worst, and they grow up to be terrible men. And in today's climate, this is why all this stuff's happening, because of boys that are like this. And you're like, wait.
0: So we got, (laughs) your point is in the end, we got everything. We got it all in, man. Everything we're fighting about in society. Yeah. We got it all. Inside of a video of a kid crying about being bullied. In less than two days. (laughs) I mean. That's amazing. It was.
1: But it's, that's, that's why I think that story is like the most perfect example. If you had explained today's climate to some foreigner, like what's it like living in the States? What's it like with social media? What's it? Here you go, man. Hit Google. (laughs) Read all the responses to this. And then people are fighting. They're like, no, kids don't become bullies unless, you know, that's that born with it or without like how do you feel is it is it nature versus nurture deal and then it's like no 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 no. his this is because of his racist mom that he's liked and you're like wait a minute how, like this is a kid it's still a kid crying in a car that any of us i think that are decent would feel bad
0: for you know what we should do Paul? based on our mike and mike you know we were the last fill-ins on mike we and mike were in the history of mike and mike we managed to put together colin kaepernick team tim tebow and levar ball into one segment We need to get LeVar Ball's analysis of Tim Tebow's response to this Keaton video.
1: That's next. No, it isn't. Uh, What do you want to do? Your call.
0: I don't know. I can't. You can't do that to me. (laughs) I thought maybe we left some stuff out. Human beings don't do well with infinite choice. You need to give me like three, and I pick among the three. Do you want to do baseball again? That's a no. No.
1: (laughs) Do you want to do the Michael Bennett thing again?
0: Let's – that would be – Everybody listens like, yes, he does. (laughs) I don't. I don't really.
1: Uh, I don't want to do the Wednesday. All right, so it'll be a big surprise like those mystery Oreos. That's next on the Rosilla Show. Will Kane at CSPN Radio.
0: Nobody's going to stop me. No nothing is beyond me. I'm coming at you faster. No stopping doesn't matter. Now that Human Resources VP Meg Ward has chronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's totally owning it at work. She even has her own hype song.
3: Hey. It the hey.
1: My workforce is really diverse. You know, different hours, different skill sets,
0: different pay grades. We're motivating and engaging the right people every step of the way. Hey. I'm a body Kronos. HR solutions for the modern workforce. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR
2: Swagger.
1: Will Kane today on the Rosillo Show. All of our guests in the Shell for performance line. Get instant gold status at Shell. Join the Fuel Rewards program now at FuelRewards.com slash gold. This will probably be the last baseball segment we do this week, but this was bigger than baseball. It was bigger than just Giancarlo Stanton being traded from the Marlins to the Yankees. It's the Marlins' history. It's that horrendous ownership, those guys that just destroyed any goodwill with that fan base, I mean Loria and Sampson. The gall of David Sampson to suggest that Jeter has no plan. It's like, yeah, I guess I give you credit for your plan because your plan was like, how can we just steal from everybody and lie? Mission accomplished. But, yeah, Jeter steps in. And Giancarlo's out. It's the Yankee conspiracy theory. Lebertard even suggested it feels like Wall Street fraud, which I thought was actually pretty interesting. But it's not the Yankees thing that to, bothers him to me. It's it's is Jeter qualified to be in this position? Should Jeter be the point man in all of this? Because Buster Olney's pointed out there's a lot of guys that said he needs more seasoned people around him. This is Just because you're this great player, this Hall of Famer, doesn't mean you understand how this thing works out. They get back Castro. They get back marginal prospects. And they move on from a power hitter that, despite the thirty, excuse me, thirty million a year, you know, whatever we're, we're looking at, like three hundred million left on this deal. You'd still, you'd still want that player. He would still be that guy in free agency. And yes, I understand that that's a commitment that Jeter and those this group didn't necessarily want to take on. But what you can't do is mimic the ownership that you just replaced with your first big move, and that's exactly what they did. So this then becomes. What will? A Jeter question,
0: right? Yeah, I just told you during the break. So Derek Jeter, from what I can tell, he's putting $25 million into a $1.2 billion purchase price of the Marlins. He gets a 4% equity stake in the Marlins for that $25 million. But in the meantime, he's also earning $5 million a year in salary. And the last one, I just was on Forbes.com, also a $4 million management fee on top of that and a million dollar travel budget. A year? A year. A
1: million dollar travel budget in a year?
0: Take the million dollar travel budget out of it. Let's just call it five million dollar salary. And I got to figure out this four million dollar management fee. That's three years return on his money. So that's and that's not, million dollars. Yeah, and that's
1: not including what you suggest would be a growing appreciation because of sports. 100%. That's see, all right. So whenever these guys get these deals, okay, with Magic Johnson, the 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 Dodgers go for over two billion and you go, Well, what's magic kicking in? But then again, if you're Magic and you go, I'm the Magic man, <laughs> all right? So you... you, you There's part, not another one right, of me. Right. Part of the price that I will pay you will be money, but most of it's going to be the Magic man, all right? So I looked at Magic's contribution to the Dodgers. He kicked in $50 million for a sale price that was over $2 billion. He owns 2.3% of the Dodgers, but he's the Magic man. And he's kind of seen as the owner. I think Jeter is referenced more as the owner of the Marlins than the people that actually put the money in.
0: So, can you name the majority owner of the Miami Marlins? I'm not trying to do put your sports. No, down.
1: what is it? It's I forgot it already. I read about it this morning. I forgot. I did too.
0: I, it. Let's go. I think
1: Bruce Sherman. Yes, I was going to say Costanza. But That's always right. a good
0: guess. So these guys put up the
1: cash. I think the other part of this, too, is it looks good for diversity. It looks good for ownership. What do we keep hearing? All right, there's not enough GMs. and you know, We've lost, I think, three black decision makers in the NFL during this season. The number was pretty good number. It's seven, I think, of the 32 teams. Now we're down at four. So what does that mean? Are there ebbs and flows here? Well, then the other suggestion is there's not enough black people that are actually in power of the ultimate decision maker. There's not enough black owners. So I think Jordan owning the Hornets was something the NBA really wanted to do. They would have hoped it would have worked out with the Bobcats, but the dude named the team after himself prior, <laughs> prior to Johnson. Jordan's ownership. <laughs> That's always a bad sign. Hey, what's your team's name? Uh, we're the New York Ryan Dogs. <laughs> like this guy's this guy's a little full of himself. Uh, but you know, is that is that part of this? Going, hey, Jeter, here's the deal. You're Jeter. You're gonna kick in some cash up front, so we know you're good for it. But you're not kicking the check in for a billion. You're gonna make your money back. You're probably gonna you're. Your percentage is going to grow because it just does in sports when you own these teams, and maybe you're not qualified for this. But we feel better because we have more diversity in ownership.
0: Yeah, that being said, as good as the math is on Derek Jeter's business deal, and that's as so good, sweet as a gig <laughs> as he's got. Could I do that? I'm not in on the conspiracy here. I mean, I don't think Derek Jeter's done anything. I don't think you're suggesting he's in on any conspiracy. I think at the most, you're what you're referencing or suggesting is that he's maybe not qualified to be making these kind of calls. But again, these. He's not mimicking Loria. He's not following the business model of the previous ownership group of the Marlins. He's attempting to alleviate those problems. He's attempting to solve those problems.
1: Here he is on the Yankee part of this.
0: Uh, my feelings on trading him to the Yankees, I had no feelings about trading him to the Yankees. We wanted to get the best deal. And like I said, contrary to popular belief, we were not stuck with this deal. This was the best deal out of the three for our, our uh our organization. It was it was the best deal for us.
1: So then say no to it. Say no to it. Pay him $25 million to hit the middle of your order at 28 years old so your first impression is not being the exact same guy that this town, I shouldn't say town, this city in Miami
0: thought they got rid of in Loria. and Or move on with the future. Get $260 million off your books. Get a guy in Castro that you can flip again for another trade. Put him as part of the house cleaning you're now. and see what. Yeah, you
1: had me until you said flip Castro. You
0: don't think they can trade Castro? Oh, of course they can. They just can traded tra- D Gordon who's making $10 million a year. Now Castro makes, what does he make, 7 or $8 million a year? Yeah, they can trade. Look, anybody can, be,
1: anybody can be <laughs> traded. But I, I think some of these guys that run these teams, you just go, hey, what's, why, why do you have to trade him? Like you just, if this is your best deal, then you say no to it. You can get the money off the books next year. And for all, everybody ripping Stanton's contract, you'd probably get paid the exact same thing if he was a free agent in the open market.
0: I don't think Castro's the only one they're going to move, by the way. No, they've got no. these other young guys, Ozuna, they're going gonna—they're cleaning house, starting over, yeah, but again, why, for the fourth time.
1: Why in cleaning house does every single play, because basketball teams do this all the time, you go, oh, we can't have him, he's 24. <laughs> We're rebuilding. Right. You're like, yeah, but he's good, and you have to pay somebody. Now it's different because there's no salary floor in baseball, but I just, if I'm a Marlins fan, I'm going, oh, are you serious? We're seriously doing this again? We didn't even get anybody back good? It would have been the end of the world to keep them and to not have your first impression be this. But I guess we disagree. All right. Uh, I was bullied when I was a freshman in high school, and I opened up about it today. It's ESPN Radio.
2: I have to go to the gym and untangle my headphones while warming up on the treadmill. And I'll finally untangle them four miles later, at which point I'm going to be real. Motorcycles make everything exciting, and when Geico makes it easy to
1: switch and save on motorcycle insurance, it's even more exciting.
2: And once I put my headphones in, I realize my phone's dead. Then I get to run in silence.
1: Geico Motorcycle. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. I try to get Game and Thro- Game of Thrones involved with everything. So if you can do kind of like a Bitcoin Game of Thrones reference, then everybody will click on it, right? Does it work? I think for the most part, people subscribe to the like, content that we're putting out there already understand what they're getting, and that there's probably not going to be a Bitcoin is like Game of Thrones segment, full blown. Segment. I don't know. We might have one of those in us. I got a couple Bitcoin segments. I got a few. Yeah. Are you in? I'm actually not. I've I've thought about it, but now is not the time. So, I, you know, that's what this, they said
0: at six thousand
1: two. That's fine. I don't care. I'm not, there's no way I'm losing all my money in a Bitcoin rush.
0: I don't even know what it is. Why would I lose my money on it? Yeah,
1: right. Like this is not, I'm not grabbing a canteen and an axe and getting on a train here like a hobo heading out West.
0: Was that a holiday party this weekend? Was I? I was. Oh, okay. You're And that was a conversation that came up. Do you have a go bag? Are you ready? There were some people at the holiday party who are ready, who feel like we're close and it's time to be ready.
1: Okay, Will Kane the Russillo Show at CSPN Radio. <laughs> so instead of a, well, it would be tough in this city to have kind of a doomsday place. Just rents too high.
0: Doomsday. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, just second apartment. That's. <laughs> second apartment.
1: So you guys are talking about a go bag? Yeah, like, I'm not really the a go bag. bag.
0: Uh, well, the guy had a whole list. showed me his Amazon list of everything in the go bag. You know, batteries, yeah. you know, iodine. Iodine's huge. Lately, I think people you... buying up iodine left and right. Exactly. Nail clippers, oddly. My Mm. wife and I discussed that later. It's like I think on the list of things you need to survive, nail clippers is low. Like I can bite them off if I have to. Did he say gun? He did not. And I explained to him that's why I win. (laughs) You stock up on the go bag. Yeah. I get your go bag. Yeah, I'm going to get your rice. Right. Right. Except I live in New York, so that doesn't really apply to me anymore. Yeah, because you're in the city, so you can't do that. So I'm now the guy that everybody takes stuff from. Yeah, I'm probably going to go to the city. It all goes down. That's where you're going to get your stuff?
1: Yeah. You're going to come to look for people like me. Yeah. A lot of stores. Right. Nobody's allowed to have anything. Go back. Good question. But yeah, Bitcoin, uh, did anybody tell you like how smart they were about Bitcoin at this cocktail party? It did come up. Oh, man. Yeah. It, yeah. There was an article that I read the other day, five things people who are into Bitcoin that know nothing about Bitcoin say at Christmas parties. I wish I would have read that. Yeah, because then you would have had the, you would have like, hey, that's number two, buddy. Instead, I just turned and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, at least you were not confrontational. Uh, we talked about the bullying video, and some people were a little confused what we were doing on the show today, but I loved it. I loved it as a topic. Everybody got involved from around the world, and hopefully the little kid at the goal of this whole thing is just that he feels a little bit better, or that maybe his day at school goes a little bit better. And then we started talking about whether or not we were bullies as younger kids, and we brought up this story from high school. Previously on The Ryan Rosillo Show. it's have a weird deal is that when I was younger, I was popular. Junior high, killed it. <laughs> killed it. And uh, then I i don't know what happened. Like freshman year, I because my father's a humble carpenter, builder, depending on how you want to phrase it. So I still like woodworking. So right. I, I took woodworking uh, my freshman year, and I, I didn't wear socks. So I was like a preppy dress-up kid, but I still really liked getting my hand on a lathe. And um, these older dudes, you know, docking patches on their jean jackets. They had just about had it with this preppy kid that was a freshman, a little mouthy about how good he was at hoops. And they were like, you better start wearing socks to school, man. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'm not wearing socks. Back off. And I was so skinny. I mean, I'm lucky to be cracking 140. And a bunch of them grabbed me and brought me into the finishing room. That's where we have our paints and stains, Tim. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they took a brown, uh, brown stain out, just a dark chestnut and painted socks onto my bare feet. Really? And I had to walk around the rest of the day with wet stain in my my loafers, probably Eastlands. And...
3: I, I figured they were GH Bass Company. I nope. was going with Zodiacs. <laughs> now Eastlands were huge back in the day. Yeah. had
1: to do the not right. So then I got home, my, I had some like stain on my white dungarees, and my mom started giving me the business. She's like, I can't believe you got stain on these pants. And then I had to tell her what happened. Mm-hmm. And so then the principal got me 60 bucks back for the pants. And that's when I learned there you that go. bullying, not cool, is not cool. That's when he started lifting. No, I didn't start day. lifting until like another ten years later. I was, <laughs> I was still college. I wasn't the nicest. I'll admit that.
0: Wait, I left some good questions on the table. Now, in a second hearing of that story, yeah. Did they pin you down while they painted your ankles?
1: No two gra- two guys grabbed um, my arms, and another another guys grabbed my foot, and they I think they only painted one of my feet. Now that I think about it. Did you
0: fight? Did you fight yeah, back? I was kicking. Would you little take bit? it?
1: I was kicking, but it was funny because the kid that was doing it was doing. He was like really nervous, like I could tell he was kind of like, "Oh, this went from funny to threatening." Because they kept saying, "Hey, we're going to paint your feet. We're going to paint your feet," and you're just like, "All right, whatever." Older dudes, you give me a hard time, and you like you already knew who these dudes were. Like they weren't taking the SATs. They loved, you know. Once Rat transitioned into Ronnie James Dio, you know. Like they were they were smoking weed when you thought weed could kill you in the late eighties, <laughs> early nineties. Right. Right. Uh, you know they they worked on their cars and they were they were rough around the edges as local guys. They all had long hair and you know like he just you knew.
0: My some, best buddy was yeah. the buddy that got he got he got bullied a little bit. Um, and now that you tell your story, he was like that. He was a little mouthy. Yeah, Always mouthy to the older guys, right? Wasn't big, didn't stop him from being mouthy. Ended up in some trash cans, got some swirlies done to him, that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: I'm not saying I was blameless in this.
0: Oh, And I'm not saying you were asking for it, nor my buddy. Yeah, but it was just the age difference. The
1: freshman to 18, the freshman in college to 22-year-old guy, I, I cannot express it enough. It's... It's the difference it feels at times like being 25 or 40, you know? So when you're 14 and you're in high school and there's these 18-year-old guys that are smoking cigarettes and, you know. The hood is up. Having right. grown-up dates when the parents are away. Yes. And you're like still super into Sega Genesis. You know, it's a weird dynamic to be interacting. Usually you keep those classes separate, but woodworking working was, you know, everybody just showed up and did it.
0: You're totally right. And by the way, the picture you painted, I remember that rat
1: yeah. docking. And I never understood why those guys were tough, because later on, you're like... you They weren't... Th- they, you, none of you are athletic, because you would have played sports at some point. They weren't point. big. No, in your skinny jean deal, which was before it was cool, was gross. You all weighed like 140 pounds. Like I should have started fighting you. You know what, though? But they had huge hair, so they always looked enormous. And they had that nothing to lose in their eye. Yeah, but... Like, huge, teased-out, late 80s, early 90s rocker's hair. Like, that added 40 pounds of muscle. Exactly. (laughs) It's a Rosillo show with Will Kane at CSPN Radio.